Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It is because of the resurrection of Jesus that I can preach about victory and we can receive this message from God's word with hope in our hearts for Jesus is alive. Uh, the scripture reading this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 9 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. This is the word of the Lord Focusing on to abstain from the passions of the flesh, flesh which wage war against your soul. Or uh, to have victory over sinful desires that wage war against us. Now today actually is part two of a sermon. The first one was at the beginning of February. Not ideal for a part one and a part two. Um, but my point here is that Almighty God has given us tools so that we might move toward a path of victory and into greater freedom against these sinful desires that, that what? That wage war against us. And because they wage war against us, this is a big deal. And in this war, there is this, this path of victory that God has for us. We should not despair and give up in this battle. Now my point that I made last time is that my three points, I gave one point last time and I have two this time, that these three points must come together. Uh, you have, most of you have heard messages on each of these three points. Uh, the thing I want to say is that there's a synergy of three Oftentimes, you or I might focus on one or two, but in fact, God has given us all three um, in our arsenal as we wage war against uh, sinful desires. Um, I, I mentioned last time, it's kind of like somebody running a marathon. They need all three things happening. They need a good training program. They need the right uh, nutrition and hydration, and they need people to encourage them uh, on. Um, if you're a foodie, you know that uh, good food, you, you need three things. It is the taste, the texture, and the visual appeal. Uh, I'm, I've got to say I'm a tree guy, and so I've got three things going on. I learn about trees from other people through reading or speaking. I talk about trees, and I go visit trees. It's all three. Likewise, in our war against sin, there are three very important parts. 
Now, uh, last time I talked about spiritual disciplines. If you were here, maybe you recall that. And when we approach spiritual disciplines, we need to do this uh, from a perspective of God's grace in Jesus Christ. This is so important because if we don't have, if we're not uh, looking at God's grace through Jesus, then our spiritual disciplines become pride or they become like we give up. We, we just despair. I, I can't do this. But when we come at spiritual disciplines through grace, God's Spirit builds within us a greater hunger for God's Word. So it's not just read the Bible, it's feed on the Bible. And as we approach prayer, it's not just a to-do list, you need to pray. It is this beautiful opportunity to commune with the living Almighty God that we are in covenant fellowship or relationship with Almighty God. What a blessing. So uh, the first part is spiritual disciplines. Now we turn our attention to the second part, and that is Christian community. Christian community. The scripture passage I'd like us to look at is from James chapter 5. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, there are a lot of Bible passages about Christian community, but I picked this one intentionally. You'll see why in just a moment. We need Christian community. In fact, friends, there are certain sins where you can pray about and read God's Word and achieve victory. However, there are certain sins that are so deeply embedded within us that prayer and Bible reading is not enough. God has created us to live in Christian community. We absolutely need one another. This is about, this is just a part, a fundamental part of God's plan for living. Now, being able to uh, meet together and worship is important and we are so thankful that this is beginning to become more and more of a thing and we trust and pray that it will continue to become more of a thing so that we can uh, more consistently and more fully meet together in worship this is an important and a vital part of christian community but there's more to christian community than just the sunday service and that's what i want us to focus on do you know, uh, a couple months ago, there was an internationally known Christian who he had passed away, but details of his life emerged a couple months ago, and uh, we learned that for decades upon decades, he had been hiding sin, profound, deep sin that, that, that hurt many other people. He had been hiding this in his life internationally known, had offices throughout the world, and people were shocked. Now, this was a person who prayed, a, a person who, who read and studied God's Word, and you think, how could this happen? Well, I will tell you how it happened. Decades ago, when this sin reared its ugly head at that moment 
this person did not lean upon Christian community, did not share this with others and said, I need help, I need prayer, I need you in my life. Instead, this person kept it a secret and probably thought, I'll overcome this on my own, and never did. It just kept going for year after year and then decade after decade. Now, friends, I want to tell you something this morning. My wife can confirm this. I don't stand before you as a sinless person. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I stand before you as a person who is not hiding anything. And the reason why is because I have seen my need, my desperate need for other people in my life speaking truth into my life for Christian community. And one way I do that Christian community is, is the church at large. And then the other way is meeting with another person. And so the Christian community I'd like to highlight right now is when you meet with another person or a small group of people, uh, typically of the same gender, and you meet on a regular basis. Um, it might be every week. It may not be every week. It may be, uh, we have a flexibility these days, sometimes in person, maybe sometimes not in person, but there's some regularity. And in this meeting time, you not only share the joys of life, you share the struggles of life, and you share the sin struggles of life as well. So here's, here's, what, I, here's what I'm thinking on the how. Let's uh, move to uh, the how. Uh, first, you, you pray and ask God to uh, kind of put in your mind, who is that person or people, small group of people, uh, that I could have this type of community with? Uh, a number of years ago, I was meeting with another man, and because of our life situation, uh, at that time came to a close. And I immediately began praying uh, that God would bring someone else into my life. And after a couple weeks of praying, I thought about a person, and uh, I was a little hesitant. What, what if they don't like what I ask? Or what if they say no? Or, ah. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to ask. If they say no, this is fine. We, we move on. But I asked this person. And this person said, you know what? That's, that's really good. And I need that in my life too. And uh, this other man and I have been meeting ever since. It is an absolute need for my life. And then there's a commitment to honesty. Uh, hiding nothing. Now, uh, you know, you can be honest and general. And then as the relationship grows and you feel more comfortable, you can become more specific. But the point is honesty. Now, uh, what is the problem uh, with, with this in our lives? The problem, well, first of all, it's a neglected area for a lot of Christians. Uh, because it is... Uh, it, can, it can be an embarrassment. It can, it can hurt our pride. Um, we can uh, just kind of hold back and we're not completely honest. But really, we're all human. We're all weak. We all struggle with sin. And so there shouldn't be pride or embarrassment there. Uh, this morning, this point alone might be the main point 
which God is speaking into your life to take action on. Christian community. We have the bigger scale, the service, and then the smaller scale where we are honest and we receive prayer uh, from one another. Um, Essential for victory in this battle against uh, sin that wars against us. Christian community. And uh, so we have uh, spiritual disciplines, Christian community, and then living wisdom. We have wisdom, godly wisdom in our life. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Godly wisdom leads you away from sin. And then Proverbs 3, 13 and 14. Blessed are those who find wisdom. Who find wisdom. Those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Wisdom not only leads you away from sin, but it leads you towards something. Towards a true and a flourishing life. Wisdom is something that, godly wisdom, that we want to fully embrace in our lives. I was telling kids earlier, hey, you need to learn from the older people about wisdom. Well, we all need to learn from godly wisdom. Now, godly wisdom does involve simply obeying God, calling sin, sin making no excuses, not trying to rationalize sin. Godly wisdom also leads us in a way of obeying God better. Now, when it comes to wisdom, wisdom is very practical. I mean, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and as you read that book, Uh, That book isn't filled with great truths about the character of God or, or certain doctrines. It's a practical book. How do you live your life? Um, it, uh, for your own life uh, in particular, godly wisdom may affect you know, little life adjustments or it could affect big lifestyle changes. Godly wisdom might have to do with Things as simple as what time do you go to bed and what time do you set the alarm? Or what do you do before bed? Or what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Godly wisdom might affect your diet. It might affect your monthly budget. Or perhaps start a monthly budget. Wisdom with finances. So important, it is very practical. Godly wisdom also means learning from others. So there are things that you and I just know for our own lives, this is wise, and yet we're not doing it. And so God is calling us, live out this godly wisdom. Sometimes we need other people to speak wisdom into our lives. Uh, maybe it's a person saying something, or maybe it's something we, we come across reading. Uh, now, Uh, This next example doesn't necessarily have to do with sin or not, but uh, I I come across all the time uh, tips for better sleep. And there's a lot of wisdom out there for better sleep. Now, oftentimes when I read this, it doesn't talk about prayer and God's Word, which I would put in there as well, but there are a lot of wisdom tips on, on how to sleep better. 
Um, a number of years ago, I had a student that came to me and asked for prayer. I said, what do you need prayer for? And he said, I just have bad dreams. I'm not sleeping well. I said, oh, I said, well, you know, I'll pray for you. Uh, but, uh, you know, what do you do right before you go to bed? I'm just curious. And he said, well, I watch TV. He said, oh. I said, okay, okay. Well, what do you watch on TV? You're not going to believe what he said. <laughs> it's not funny. He said, I watch scary movies. <laughs> now, I didn't do this, and I didn't laugh at the lad. But the wisdom was, like, so obvious. Really? You watch scary movies, and now you're coming to me and complaining you have bad dreams? Now, friend, I said, I'm going to pray for you, uh, but also... I have two points of wisdom. First of all, do not watch scary movies before bed. And secondly, take the TV out of your room. Now, I don't know if he followed my wisdom after the prayer he walked out, but there was something very practical he needed to do. And he needed to listen to that wisdom and then take action on it. And so the question for you and I today is what are the places in life that you need to not only receive godly wisdom, but then do it, act on that godly wisdom? You know, a person who is a recovering alcoholic, they will tell you, obviously, wisdom calls that I keep zero, zero alcohol in my house. If there's somebody that's struggling with body image or self-esteem issues, Obviously, we know that they either need to cut off social media or limit social media with accountability. If somebody is struggling with a sin issue of sensual images, they need to think about when is this happening? How is this happening? How do I need to make wise choices in my life? You can, you can pray about it. You can have accountability. But if you're not making wise choices, this is not going to help. Godly wisdom. Now, uh, my uh, next slide, it's kind of interesting. This is the wisdom pyramid. Have you, uh, when you grew up in school, did you have the food pyramid? Did any of you follow the food pyramid exactly? I'm like, come on, the sweets was like this big. I don't, I don't have candy for dinner, but I mean, it was tiny. I'm like, really? However, was there some wisdom in that food pyramid? Y yes. And nowadays, they have the food plate. You know, there's, uh, if you've seen this. And, and that's wise. You may not follow it exactly, but there's wisdom in that. I came across this wisdom pyramid with the Bible and the foundation and the church, nature and beauty, uh, books, uh, internet, and then uh, very at the top, there's social media. Uh, to show this to you, my point is not, you better follow this or you're a bad person. That, that's not my point. My point is, let's think about how we structure and order and prioritize our lives. And there's a lot of wisdom that goes into how we, we structure our lives. And uh, perhaps this makes you think of, you know what, I, I could... Make some wise choices to shift things around so my life is more ordered in a way that pleases and honors God. Now, what, is the, uh, what are the problems we can uh, run into with wisdom? 
Um, we often know what is best and wise and we simply don't do it uh, because of, well, pride. Uh, my will at times can be stronger than thy will. Uh, we may not feel like it. And uh, wisdom forces us to a hard choice, a little bit of sacrifice. You know, we just don't feel like it. And so we can resist change. And yet God is calling us to live a life of godly wisdom. And so friends, how do we achieve victory? Or let me say, how do we walk along the path of victory in the direction of victory and freedom when it comes to waging war against sinful desires? Because certain sinful desires, oh, they have a deep root. Even It can be scary sometimes for us how deep those sinful desires can be. How do we, how do we wage war? I would like to propose that it's not just one or two, but it is all three of these points. It is the synergy of three. As all three come together, you're going to be on a path of victory. As you embrace, through the grace of Jesus, spiritual disciplines, as you humble yourself by confessing your sins uh, in trusted relationships and hiding nothing in our lives, and as we commit to receiving and making godly decisions that are wise, God will place us on this path of victory. I would like us to, I'd like to end this message by just having us hear one more time uh, God's Word. And uh, the passage that I'm reading, um, it begins by talking about your identity, who you are. In Jesus Christ and because this is who you are in Jesus Christ and because Jesus Christ is calling you on a mission to the world he is calling you to 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 wage this battle and achieve victory so friends hear these beautiful words from God's Word but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we are weak, but you are strong. When we, when we rely on ourselves, our victories are small and our hope fades away. We are so thankful for the death and resurrection and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ.
We are thankful for the forgiveness of sin and the hope that Jesus gives us. We are thankful for the Holy Spirit's strength in our lives. And so now we pray, O Lord, for true victory over the sinful desires that wage war against us. I pray that uh, through this message from your word today, that you will speak into the lives of each person listening to this message today, that you would lead us, O God, in your way of freedom and victory in Jesus. Please give us a greater hunger for your word and a communing of you, uh, with you in prayer. Please uh, provide for us another person or people that we can honestly share with about our sin struggles. And, O oh Lord, we pray for your wisdom in our lives. May you be glorified, O oh God, in our lives, in our families, and in your church. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.